Hello and welcome back to episode five of the ID Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Rob Tebbett, joined today by our esteemed panel of guests, Mr. Andy Clark and Mr. Barry Jones. I was going to give you the, the full intro, but we've only got a wide chop for me today, so kind of ruins the suspense but it's the usual <laughs> it's the usual bunch you've, uh, you've taken you've taken all the wise shots there we go yeah <laughs> i actually was, i've been doing really well on my um my diet the last couple of weeks and then, <laughs> have um, you? i have yeah oh, and okay. then uh over the weekend i um regressed so, yeah really bad really bad so proper off the uh, wagon there's moments when no one cares yeah <laughs> yeah that's right yeah anyway how are you andy good good thanks i went i went to uh went to a show on saturday early afternoon down at the old peacock gym and uh, they're putting on these middle of the day shows basically they had one in march they they had one on saturday they're going to do one a month martin bowers putting them on four or five fights it was good standing room only probably about two 250 people there 25 quid um yeah really enjoyed it happy days there's no like official uk show this well no televised uk show saturday evening no, um, no, and it's, it's bank holiday weekend. So the idea with it is, is that you you have it during the day, so that if you want to do anything in the evening, then you can you can go and you can go and do that. And it's just to get fighters out, basically. Um, Boy Jones was top of the bill. He drew with an Argent, uh, Argentinian fighter, Gravis Mendoza. He's been over before. Uh, there was an away win. Um, Ahmet Patterson made a comeback. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, first fight since two thousand and sixteen, and. He, he looks exactly the same as he did before, to be honest. He doesn't seem to have aged at all. Um, nothing seems to have really changed. So I'm really interested to see how he might get on because I saw him win an English title at welterweight in Sheffield and then he was due to fight Liam Williams, wasn't he? For the, in, for in the British. And yeah, Gary Corcoran took it. That's it, slot. for the British at Super Welter and I thought that was going to be a really good fight. So I am kind of fascinated to see what might what he might still be able to do even though he is... He's got to be 34 or 35 by now, I think. Do you give a, a, a reason, a breakdown for his, for his return, his triumphant return to the No, I, I called him afterwards and, and had a quick chat, but I, I just said, you know what, where have you been, basically? <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he just said, well, you know, life happens, that, that kind of thing. And when someone says that to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything strange. It's just that they're, they're, they're not... That, that it's a, decent enough way to kind of shut the conversation down isn't it it's it's you're being polite but you're also saying that it's not really something you particularly want to discuss maybe because there's nothing to discuss and it's just that you just drift away boxing's an easy sport to get this illusion really easy yeah and you've seen loads of fighters who've been undefeated and just never box again for no reason except for what's the point I'm yeah not going anywhere you know, i've seen I, especially we had, we had a few in wales gareth lawrence russell reese they were like wrong my time they were like Eight and oh, ten and oh, maybe prospects, but nothing was happening for them. They just stop because they work and then they just don't come back. Yeah, there's easier ways to, to make a living, as everybody knows. Well, Barry, how you're, about you? You're yeah. a fine example of that. Exactly. Yeah. You <laughs> sit, sit around and take abuse from you all He day. makes this look hard, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He does make yeah. it look hard. Certainly by the look of my face. When you say that, um, it's one of those Arlo Patterson didn't look any different from 2016. I certainly do, Andy. <laughs> it's one of those, like, you, you, you wear jumper to hide the, the belly. Oh, yeah, I do. I wear, I <laughs> but the jumper makes you sweat. All black now. So. Like uh, Wally Downs from the Sun uh, so, uh, refers to me as the Ninja because I'm constantly in black, just moving around in the shadows. Uh, I think he's probably got some other nicknames for me as well, which we won't some talk big, about. Some, some shadows there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, are, how are you, Barry? Did I'm you like, have a good weekend? I, I'm hoping I not. I had a great. It was my granddaughter's birthday. Um, I know it's only old enough. 
Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. So I went up to um up to Chester area to see her with my little kids as well. See my oldest daughter. So it was weird. So I'm 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 up with my daughter who's thirty this year. So and then I got like my son is seven, my daughter's five, my granddaughter's four. So either like a fantastically like young granddad or a pervert with a really young daughter, with a really young <laughs> wife. You know what I mean? I, I look like that. I look like a bit of a weirdo. Look at him, look at that young, that young girl and all the kids they got. So, yeah, it's one of those situations. But we had a great time apart from that. I went to watch a movie called... Who gives a shit? Let's go with the box. There we go. me for being boring. Anyway, um, let's move on um, and move back and, and start this past weekend and move forward. There's lots of American shows, obviously no UK show to start on. I think we'll probably start from the main events and work our way back. Uh, Barry gonna come to you first for the return of the now two-weight world champion, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, uh, picked up the the vacant WBO flyweight title by unanimous decision. What did you make of his performance? Wasn't great, was it? I mean, he boxed all fine, and he was, you know, but he, the movement wasn't there, maybe because the guy he boxed was always on the you know, moving round and didn't, he couldn't really get round the body, but I think he could have been, I think he knew, I think he had no respect for the kid and just went right at him. And that was quite clear. Even we he got his jaw broke, apparently, in round six. But what he did, he was horrible yeah, in, the, in the interview after, which made me like a Chris Mannix went, won't keep you long, and asked him about 10 questions <laughs> while his jaw was hanging off. <laughs> but um, he, um, on that showing, Sonny Edwards would be full of confidence. But I think he can box better than that. And I think he will box better than that against better opposition. I just think he thought, I can just be a bully here. It's still good to watch. And if he if he hadn't boxed so beautifully, if I hadn't fell in love with him in past performances, then I would just see that was a good performance. Eh? He was solid and he was strong, he was aggressive, he was busy, good shot selection, as always. But he didn't have that movement around the target that he did so well. He, he stepped back now and again, made him miss. And, and his footwork was still decent, but it wasn't the brilliant footwork we've seen in the past. So I was underwhelmed because of that. And he set, set, set a standard up here. And that's the problem when you're so good, when you could be so good that any any performance below that opens you to criticism and comparing other, against other fighters gives a window of hope for for his his rivals yeah i suppose it's kind of uh, in his own way a bit of a victim of his own success he kind of went from I should, I should have said that. Hot pro he went from hot prospect to beating two of the greatest super flyweights of the last however many years um, and now he's back down, and as you say, Barry's but the way he did it though, that was uh, more than just beating him. The way he did it, the way he did it was was spectacular. But he was against two fighters who like to stand in front of him. This is now two fights in a row: the Israel Gonzalez fight, another one from last time out, where Andy he seems to have not shown his best foot, as it's a, as as you know, it could be said with with regards to fighting fighters who are not going to stand there with him. And as Barry's just said there about certain Sonny Edwards, the IBF flyweight champion. He'll be full of confidence based on that show in this past weekend. Yeah, he will be. And it's it's funny because for Sonny, that maybe wasn't the best thing that could have happened. Mm. I think with fighters like Rodriguez and anyone who blazes a real trail and looks so spectacular, thanks. there will always come a point where they have, to some degree, a kind of reality check. And it's... A valuable thing to have a thing where they have to realize that not everything is going to be on their terms and their opponents are not always going to cooperate however however good they may have been some of the people that he's that he's beaten that things can always be difficult and you can get hurt because he has literally been 
seriously hurt with that broken jaw. We'll see how long that takes to takes to mend itself. But I think it's a good thing, really, for, for anybody who's on that kind of trajectory. Things do always have to slow down a bit at some point. Um, and they'll have, you know, a few things to think about going forward, which is, which I think is healthy. But like I say, strangely, I don't think it was the best thing for for Sonny, really. I think it would have been much better for him if Rodriguez had, had won in, in quick and spectacular fashion because I think it would have made his chances of getting that fight greater. Whereas now, it'll take a while anyway because of the injury. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't really know if anybody really wants to fight Sonny Edwards. I mean, the fighters probably do, but it's just the teams around them. Do you really want to fight him even though he's got a world title? And that... that, that it could potentially become really, really frustrating for him because generally being avoided is something you can take out of the equation once you become a world champion because you've got something that other people want, but it's not necessarily the case, is it? No, it isn't. Um, and as we know, even though Sonny Edwards is now with Matrim, who of course have Van Rodriguez, Julio Cesar Martinez, it doesn't guarantee any fights uh, happening. Barry, going to come to you first. Um, do you think that we see that fight next now? I mean, obviously, Bam Rodriguez has to has to recover. Julio Cesar Martinez is out on May the 6th. Could we potentially see that? There's already got that ingrained storyline between Edwards and Martinez. Do you think that's more likely? I think we'll see a thing with Sonny box before he boxes Bam. Most definitely now. Who that will be, I'm not quite sure. I think they'll get him a defence at home. Where is his home? Who knows where he lives? I think Sheffield is like, like, like a nomad, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. they'll get him here. But I don't know if he sells tickets, Sonny. Listen, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sonny. He's brilliant to watch. But he's not brilliant to watch for the layman because it's not that explosive. Though it can be at times. But he's beautiful to watch. He has sublime skills. So I, I could watch him every day. But I don't know if that translates to the not the normal paying public. Certainly, I don't think he sells loads of tickets. Maybe so, um, he sold a few in the last one. Didn't yeah, he? I wasn't at. Oh, we were in Mexico at the time. It was there was the um, the fight with uh, Felix Alvarado. I think yeah. did, I think the number was four thousand. That's been banded about. Oh, that's um, okay. That's fine. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a headliner, that's probably more than what Bam's doing back in whenever San yeah. Antonio. Yeah, two thought. or three thousand. Yeah. I think were there uh, the weekend at San Antonio. So that's a good. That's a good sign. And uh, yeah, and I don't know about what, what TV audiences will do, but I think they get him out get him out and help build that fan base make him look good or if he has a mandatory I don't know and then then I think one of those I don't know what, <coughs> I don't, I've never had my job program. I don't know how long it takes but there's always a worry when, when things like that break you're always worried about that might be a sign that happens again and I couldn't see one massive shot I think he got his mouth open which is that's a terrible sign if you're fighting with your mouth open going forward by the way Maybe he needs a double gum shield, like Evander Holyfield yeah, and, and myself. It'd be interesting. I, I spoke to Josh Warrington about it, because uh, obviously he had his jaw broken, yeah. the, the Kiko Martinez rematch. Um, and he said that it took a little bit longer. Obviously, he's at a very different stage of his, his career, his life. I think he's yeah, sure. 30, 31 um, at the time. Whereas Bam is young and and hopefully he's back in the ring to is back in the ring sooner rather than later because there are still great fights for him. It feels like we're being quite harsh on on him despite picking up his second world title, Andy, and, and winning. You know, very admittedly not in potentially the dominant spectacular fashion that we thought, but still a, a unanimous decision win and a two weight world champion in eighteen fights. Yeah, of course. I mean, but he just he's just set the bar really high, hasn't he? And and that's. That, that's the price you pay when you do that, is that people will judge you quite harshly. 
Um, but the reality is that, you know, you're in with a, a, a solid opponent and you're not going to be brilliant every single time you get in there. And, and that's kind of what I meant when I said that these kinds of performances and reality checks are are a good thing because I'm not saying that he will necessarily have been getting carried away, but you look at what he's done so far and it is very, very impressive. And I just don't think it does anyone any harm just to be reminded that anyone can be a hard night's work. Things are not always going to go your way um, and you can be hurt. Uh, and this is a pretty extreme way to be reminded of that because broken jaws are a tricky thing, like like Barry says and you know, I've never remotely been in that kind of position, but it might be quite difficult to trust that kind of injury going forward because there's no way you can really protect that, is there? It's, it's, you can't expect that you're not going to get hit on the jaw because and you, you are. And you know, Sonny's not the biggest of punchers because he never holds his feet. Who knows if he can punch, but <clears throat> you don't want to risk that on a fight of that magnitude. Mm. That that would be his biggest fight. Well, no, actually, it won't be his biggest fight on paper, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it'd be his most difficult night. But I always thought, as much of a Sunny fan I what I am, that that Bam was was a, was always a really hard night for Sunny because the way he cut off, the way he moves on the target, would cut off Sunny's escape routes quicker. Because he, cause he, and also Bam moves around the target really fast, but holds his feet long enough to get purchase on a shot, which is very difficult, hugely difficult. And especially when you're young, so every shot's solid, and but he still gets around the tag. He still gets around the side fast enough to make you miss, and you or to not know where he is. Sonny might not have more of an awareness, but it will cut off his options, and then he will have to hold his feet and fire a little bit more, which is what any opponent wants Sonny to do. He might he might beat you in that exchange, but the only chance you got with Sonny is making him fight fight you. You have to make you have to corner him, put him in a situation where he can't escape, that he has to work away. And then you've got a chance, maybe. And I think you know, that would have been you know, Bam's opportunity to, to win the fight. If this this guy that we've seen Saturday, you know, it's a hard night for anybody, by the way, that work ethic he got. And he does, you know, when he was coming forward, he was he was taking a little step back now and again and, and bouncing straight back in really quickly. And, and he worked the kid over, cut the ring off effectively. Did a lot of, you know, the, again, the, the punches he threw were fantastic. It was a good night's work. But as Andy said, and I've already said, his standard's much higher now. So you're looking at him like that, and like I've said in the past with other things, you're looking at him, his performance is this level, this level, only world level, <laughs> as a, no, as comparing how he would compare against others, Sonny being the main one, or, or Martinez possibly, but Sonny Edwards is the one we want to see. But Sonny's lucky because he got, there's a great storyline with Martinez, with his brother, and, and obviously what happened with the drugs and the, and the was it disqualified? I can't remember what happened. Yeah, I, was was no I was there. I was actually there. It was the a weird thing, yeah. yeah. But you know, it was a mad thing because then the WBC, they all got in the ring and they changed their mind. Didn't it? Suleiman got involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so there's a pro there's a nice storyline there. No, unless he fights his brother. <laughs> but, um, so he, he, wherever he goes, son, he's he's cr he's creating storylines that that means that those fights are more sellable. Has this changed the last couple of fights, the the Israel Gonzalez fight and the fight that we saw this past weekend as well? Has it changed your view on how that fight goes, Rodriguez versus Edwards? Well, that the Saturday does. I think that that guy Saturday, I think, struggles with Sonny. He, he makes it difficult for Sonny, but I think, yeah, he, he, 
he was too much in straight lines. Even though he cut the ring off well, I think when he actually went to the attack, they were always right in front of the opponent. Or were they? They actually weren't. Because he did sort of, he, he does, it was very subtly, he took an angle just off, just off the, let's say the line, I don't like using that word, off the line. He was just slightly off it when he threw it. And, that, and that's like a natural movement for him. So when you fire back, you have to turn. But with Sonny, he's got to do that real big arc close to the body. He's got to get right on the side of Sonny. He's got to be here or here. Because Sonny, if you're there, Sonny, because the angle Sonny can throw from, he's always going to catch you. And he'll adjust quite, quite naturally because he has a quick thinking process. But there means he has to turn. He has to do the movements that other people would have to do if you were only there. But you've got to get there for Sonny to do it. Does that make any sense? Mm. So I think, but that, so that guy who gets beat by Sonny, I feel. But the, the the best of Bam and the best of Sonny, I think you I would probably edge towards Bam. Andy, how about you? How does that fight play out now? We've seen um, Bam Rodriguez, I wouldn't say struggle, but we've seen him not look, you know, the the Quadras and the Sarisiketz or Rungvasai fights. I mean, we really work on anointing him as the new king of the lower weight classes. Been less, less, uh, less impressive, been less dominant in his last couple of fights. Does it change how you feel that that fight might play out between Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards? Not particularly, because I think all of these competitors, you know, they're all, they're all human. And those last two fights that he's had in terms of how inspiring they would be to you as a, as a performer, they're, they're not on the same level as those other ones. So maybe just subconsciously, and it can only be fractions, it only needs to be fractions. You're not quite on that razor's edge as, as much as you would be for other people. But I think he will be against, against Sonny Edwards. So I, I I mean, I, t I do give Edwards a really good chance in that fight still because he's so on point and he knows exactly what it is that he's trying to do in there. And he's been doing it for such a long time. He doesn't really change the way he does anything for for anybody. I just really, really want to see it. I don't think that the those last two performances will have any particular bearing on how on how Rodriguez goes about it. I think he'll be able to move it up that level. Um, when he needs to, but it does give you an indication about the movement, defensive movement, because you're right. He did box, you know, the, you know Rung Vasai and, and Quadras, who guys who were always looking to work, mm. which is great to watch. But it also means you can, when they attack, you can make them, you can make that movement easier because they do it. They have doing it for you. But yes, yeah, so how he had to be a little bit more thought. Or more bull-like. Like Saturday, he didn't, didn't think he thought too much. He just bull-like. And he was dominant. Less impressive. I think mm. you got to mix wrong. Less impressive, more dom just as dominant. Though. He won you know, at the canter. But he did. He wasn't as effective with the guy who, who was looking to be more negative, which Sonny can be. I'll tell you one thing about Sonny. He's tough. I don't, I don't think he gets any credit for how tough he is. And I think he can tough it out. So it's a great fight. It's a gr it, it might not be a great watch, but I think it's a great, really intriguing Matchup, much sunny with that Gonzalez, the guy he boxed. That, that's his name, wasn't it? Yeah. I forgot already. <laughs> no, but match him, do that like you do, like you should always. You know, and with building a fighter, match him with people who the other guy boxed, so you can compare performances, and that starts getting people on side who they think's going to win. Now, if Sonny stands his guy on his head, in if he boxes in July now and, and fights him, he'll be up there, that kid, and he stands him on his head. Then all of a sudden, people's opinions will shift towards Sonny because I think the majority of people probably go with Gonzalez certainly over the over in the States massively probably 
and I'm not saying he will care to be <laughs> like he'd probably live to be a, an underdog. But I think you know, I think if he stands the guy in his head, which he's more more than capable of doing, then people will start shifting towards Sonny doing a good job. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. It only gets more interesting even with kind of again again a less than spectacular performance, but still, as you've said, a very dominant win for Bam Rodriguez. Moving on, Andy upset alert. Murojan Akmadaliev, who we'd spoke about in the preview show, had a certain Michael Conlon in, of course, knew him from the amateurs as well. Everybody speaks about how talented he is. We've seen it in kind of in in fits and starts, I guess, in patches so far in his professional career, become unified champion, but no longer unseated this past weekend by Marlon Tapales by split decision. Big big shock. I mean, it is a it is an upset because he he definitely started the fight as as favourite um, at Aliyev, but. His pro career has been a bit weird because he became unified champion in single digits in no time, really. And just since then, I know we've had COVID, but since then, he hasn't really done anything. And there has been there have been opportunities there, or it looks like there has been for big fights, and they haven't quite they haven't quite happened. And it was a close fight, but but I didn't I didn't see much of it. But by all accounts, I mean you feel like Tapales deserved to yeah. get the win. Yeah. Um, I saw people saying that it was close, but no one was really complaining. No one was saying that there was anything wrong with it with him getting it over the twelve rounds. And we were talking about this before we came on, and I just wonder how well a lot of those Uzbek fighters and I tipped them all up a few years ago just just to look out for a lot of them because you know Madrimov, Melikuziev, uh, Gyasov, um, God Nazarov there's there's about 10 of them who've just gone, making words up there's about Dickers. 10 of them who've gone pro all with with solid amateur background some of them much more than solid yeah. um, Jalolov is the one who I think people would look at at heavyweight and say well yeah he'll definitely go on and do it there's no definitely's ever as we know and unified champion but I I just don't know I don't know if he's really going to... I don't know if he's going to get back there, Agmadaliev, to be honest with you. Well, it's a damaging loss. I mean, we kind of made the point before we came on. I can't remember how, you know, too many unified world champions who have been un on the undercard, you know, propping up yeah. not as the main event, which kind of, I think, shows where he's been with regards to how he's been, no, no dig at matchroom, but the way that he's been kind of marketed up to this point. He hasn't really had those fights where he set the world alight. And it, I kind of mentioned he's... You know, shown patches of brilliance in some fights and then he's drifted which I think is what we saw everybody apart from the judge who scored the fight 118 110 to Ahmad Liev I mean that was one of the um one of the more interesting cards that we've seen this year and we've seen a fair few of them Barry well kind of it's a big upset but not a, not a massive surprise if that makes sense no but I, I, you cannot do anything for you, you can win one of first six rounds which is probably what he what he did and then expect to win the fight which he almost did it was close it was close fight but he didn't win it barely went around he didn't get started I don't think he just didn't do anything it was just the weirdest it was the weirdest thing I think he struggled with Tapalis is, is he was really side on and he had, a lot, he had a really good jab and and I think every shot was solid and he struggled with that massively struggled with the side on movements and just yeah and also he punched from a low he, he got low as well Tapalis got really low when he threw up and he struggled with that then he went to work. Then, and he showed what he could have been, what he could have done. He got a bit of rhythm to his work, and he and like in those in those that in the second half, 
and then had the better of the second half. And you think, well, when you, what, what's taking you so long? You must be knowing that these rounds are closer. You're losing at some point. You have the three rounds. If you think you haven't won a round, you got to go. I didn't even think they nip and tuck, and you know you got you can be more affected be doing this way. You got to go unless the guy's hurting you, which he might have been. But yeah, I, it was close, and I wasn't quite sure who won at the end. To be honest, I didn't really score it round by round. But I was a bit like that. I thought the Palace was winning the fight, and then at the end there, I think Akmadilia finished quite strong. I thought maybe. Uh, Maybe he's done enough here, the champion, but I always had that feeling that he didn't do enough. I don't know whether he goes where he goes from here now. You know, that's a rematch, I think, because it's close enough for that. No, no rematch close? Uh, I haven't asked, I but it wouldn't, it. it wouldn't surprise me. No, why no would apparently I'm, I'm, I'm being pedantic. Why would there be? No, why should there be? But and um, this shouldn't be allowed. But um, I, no, I think you know. But I think yes, it, no, it'd be it'd be. It'd be Where's the ball is going to go? That's you know, that's probably the, the natural fight to get a rematch in a close fight like that and gives him a chance to win his titles again. Then he's back in the mix for other stuff. But they were talking about the, him fighting the winner of... In the way, Fulton. Oh, he's probably better off losing then. They'll all then bash each other up and I'll come back when they finished. Who fight uh, Tenshin. Tenshin Nasukawa, who made his professional debut in uh, Japan at the weekend. Remember him? Tension. The guy who boxed uh, Floyd Mayweather in the exhibition and Mayweather okay. stopped him and he started crying. No, oh remember. yeah, he's now made his professional debut. He made his debut on the Kenshiro oh. undercard at the weekend. He don't wants, waste he any wants more to time uh, become the the quickest world champion in history. And everybody was looking at the obviously super bantamweight. You got Fulton and yeah. Nuri and Ahmed Lee, but now he's got to Parlers. You never know. Yeah. I want to. I want to be a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I think that's. I think that's an ambitious shout. Yeah. I think I'll that's an ambitious unicorn. shout. You saying I can be a unicorn? You could be anything you want. Yeah, I'd say there's an equal likelihood of both things happening <laughs> to be honest with you because I'm always horny <laughs> there you go um, but yeah it's kind of what you said there he's so frustrating to watch sometimes because you know it's in there he's clearly talented where do you think it comes is it a mental thing does he not like getting hit because we've seen some he, he does drift through fights which is something that we've you seen you find the past. all those I say this but ex-Soviet type countries or Eastern European countries whatever you want they're, they're always sort of um, methodically one paced even people like Golovkin as brilliant as they are they're always like let's go through and all, don't rush your work everything's neat correct tidy but you can sometimes be lazy in that so it's okay if you're, if you're dominating but I don't think they, they don't panic and that's maybe their strength they never panic but sometimes you need a bit of a panic or your corner needs to put some injection in you to go you've got to go out and dominate from the offset maybe a bit of ring rust I don't know I don't know but I think you struggle with it I think certainly you struggle with the style so this, it wasn't great for him. Shorter guy, shorter guy who went really low, punched up, long arms, and that's that's and the distance maybe wasn't quite right for him, and he wasn't comfortable committing. But at some point, he just he bit down on the gum shield, committed. When he did, he looked a better fighter. And I think he would have, if he would have done that from round three on, he wins the fight. And then we're talking about him against, you know, Fulton and the other guy who no one should ever mention his name if anywhere near that weight. I might be close to that weight, and I don't want to mention his name anyway. I did it, no. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, and he and, and he get and he, and he gets in in the mix with them, which would be a huge money fight for him. Some interesting bouts still for him there, um, Lewis Neri. I'm just kind of going through the rings, super bantamweight. I think Lewis Neri beats Tapales. Oh, oh yeah, I think he really puts a beating on him. Beats him up, yeah. Um, Venetian, who was obviously just boxed Neri. It's not the deepest division, to be honest. I mean, you're kind of going through it. Tapales, Ronnie Rios, Zolani Tete. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go into that. But yeah, inter <laughs> interesting to see Rai Salim, who's a good fighter. 
But the top ones are good, though, aren't they? That's the yeah, thing. that's mm. the where, thing. Where, where, he's at, where he's at. It's, there's, a, there's quite a big gulf, I think, between your... Anu well, obviously, we've not seen Anui at Super Bantamweight. We'd probably guess that he's going to be half decent <laughs> up there. Um, and, of course, Stephen Fulton, Brandon Figueroa's now left. Yeah. He's got, uh, left the division, gone up to featherweight as well. Um, he was a real handful. But, yeah, Neri, I think, is probably going to be licking his lips in anticipation for potentially Andy becoming a Super Bantamweight world champion and then getting, into, getting him into position for the winner of Fulton, anyway. Yeah, I'd imagine he will be eyeing that up, and and it's it would be after things that have happened in recent years with him, it would be good to see him kind of settle and fight regularly and and do something like that because he's got the, he's he's always had ability and, and he's good to watch as well. Um, you're right about that division; it's up at the top of it, and it's been the same for a while, hasn't it? It's been it's always been it's always been good, um, and, and in a way that should mean that the big fights are easier to make because there's just not really anywhere else for them all to go. Um, but theory and practice are often are often different, you know, very different things. But Neary, without a doubt, will be looking to get in on the act there. But Topales now, you know, he's he's the man with the he's the man with the belts and, and you know, he will be He'll have his own ideas, I'm sure. Whether they include him or not, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think it had all kind of been set up very nicely for Ahmad Liev to, to position himself for that massive, massive fight, which is, you know, something that has eluded him so far in his career. He's not had the big names. Obviously, he beat Danny Roman, beat Ronnie Rios, but he's not, you know, taken advantage of it, unfortunately. And now you see there's like somebody like Neri, he's still a big name in the division. He's only been beaten by uh, Brandon Figueroa. Um, came back well as well recently against Hovinissian. You'd feel like he's, and he's got his own kind of thing with Inoue and Japanese boxing, and he could be nicely positioned for the winner there. But we've got a lot to get through, so let's move on from the super bantamweight division and talk about another Uzbek, Israel Madrimov. Andy, I sort of, I think I've stayed the distance with with Madrimov since he's been pro because he's, again, another you know Uzbek fighter who's, who's shown a lot of promise in a lot of patches, but, and then, in other instances, he's really underwhelmed and flattered to deceive. And I feel like another performance from him this weekend where it's left us scratching our heads and wondering just how good is he? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And, and I think, yeah, he, he was on that list of fighters I, I named a few a few minutes ago. And I remember first seeing him at the World Championships in Hamburg in, in 2017. And he was a massive 75 kilos. And he kind of shunted Melikuziev up to... 81 or at least that's what it felt like if you spoke to them it was not the easiest thing to do kind of getting information out of national federations it was kind of no nah, no Melikuzhev was always moving up and and all the rest of it but if you looked at them a bit like when you looked at Arlen Lopez and Julio Lacruz if you had to guess which was in which division you would have got it wrong you'd have said it was the other way around because he was just massive Madrimov um, absolutely huge and when he turned pro I, was, I had pretty high hopes for him, to be honest, but I, I do just kind of wonder whether whether he, and this could be a bit of a common trait, as, as I mentioned, um, although you don't want to kind of stereotype all fighters from one country, is so whether he's a bit of an on-top fighter, basically, mm. whether it comes down, whether it comes down to that, or whether they just haven't quite been able to get the challenges for him that he's really needed, but... Yeah, we're quite a long way in now, and I don't, like you, I don't really feel like I know necessarily where he's going. But the problem is, in that division, 
where where's anyone going because uh, it's difficult it's sort of like in a very different way like the super bantamweight division that it's a top heavy division but it's, it's actually not it's top heavy when you're with world of boxing and matchroom because all of the big fights are with pbc yeah al Heyman. they've got it. all the belts obviously what we'll do you come, do yeah we'll come on to fundora i mean so wouldn't be surprised to see my dream of sorrow three maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> somewhere that, down think, there that's sorrow thing i think that's how i think that's what stopped him obviously those two fights there what happened in them two fights yeah. those just put a little bit of a stutter step in his career haven't he? he probably would be a little bit further on though because you you've really got a resounding win in the first fight which was, was about two years ago maybe now it was the same day uh, it was december 2021 so about 18 months ago then he went about that after that, that rematch which again was another farcical thing in the end so he would have been fighting someone else and, and then this fight on the weekend would have been against a much higher caliber opposition or a bigger name and he and all of a sudden and then we're seeing him i think he's the sort of fighter you have to chuck him in and he's either forced to fight he's forced to show a good he is or, he, or he's not i felt like that we were getting there with the sorrow rematch i thought again even yeah. though that was called after three rounds i thought because the thing with madrimov and we've seen it like he's sort of jumping around in the gym doing all of these, these crazy like flipping around and he is isn't he yeah like very during covid there was that thing of him just like running up a hill on this we were just walking on his hands yeah up it's just like <laughs> okay but like it's sort of at times in his boxing career so far i felt like it's athleticism for athleticism's sake he's jumping around he's moving he's wasting a lot of energy he's like it doesn't ever seem like it's been connected doesn't ever seem like there's ever been like a a game plan they've gone yeah. out and they've and he's kind of gone and done it and i feel like the closest we got to that was the sorrow rematch and then the cut happened so yeah. he has been a bit unlucky i think i think that's what it is i think but i think i would just chuck him in somewhere now not well well close to level because he's there it. now with the wba yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know so i think he has to take that that step and and i think if he'd be forced you'd put him i think you'd put him in a corner and find out what he got I th and I think what you got is might be enough, but enough to win a world title. Who knows? But I think enough to show that he's a quality fighter, and then and then you take it from there. Then you maybe chuck him in with a big name. But as you said, that in his stable, there's no real standout. Yeah, it's, diff well, it's difficult to see where he's going to go because obviously Charlo is going to be boxing. You would think anyway at some point Tim Zhu. Then you've got he's got all of his mandatories. I don't know where the yeah. WBA is in the rotation at 154 pounds but even those kind of fringe level guys they're all with pbc yeah. really mm. your lubins i mean we've obviously seen fundora get beat maybe against somebody like a sergio garcia somebody like that might be a good fight for him to just kind of gabriel rosado isn't it obviously he's just getting like rosado's up at light heavyweight now yeah they're bringing back down really. <laughs> yeah. chop, chop a leg off and he could be all right won't he he's boxing back uh, to melacuzia they're doing that oh, rematch yeah, so on the yeah, uh, yeah. javante yeah, davis uh, ryan garcia on the card I would think, I mean, I don't want to tempt fate. I would think that's probably going to be the last we see of Rosado. I think... Um, now if he does the same job again. Maybe not, but <laughs> up until that point, I mean, Melikuzi ever dropped him with a body shot, yeah, was, was dominating the fight. And I just feel like even now, like since then, Rosado had the hard fight against Ali Akhmadov. Yeah. He had a hard fight. He got really beaten quite convincingly by Shane Mosley Jr. And you just feel like... Well, how many times can you go in? Yeah. Have you met Derek Rosado? There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 as long as you like, he'll go on. For, he'll, it, no one cares about Rosado, so they just keep using him. And he and he's he's more than happy to to get the shots as well. I mean, it, obviously, recently he was supposed to be boxing. Um, boxing and judo care. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a that's a fine <laughs> thing. They're two strange things. But um, yeah, he was boxing. It was due to be boxing uh, Zuro Ramirez. 
a light heavyweight <laughs> against obviously a guy who's cruiserweight, heavyweight, however you want to look at it. So there's no uh, no signs that Gabriel Rosado um, is ready to hang up the, the gloves anytime soon. But just going back to Madrima, what do you think, what, apart from obviously getting the opponents and getting the, the activity, what do you need to see from him, Barry? From a, from a technical point of view, what does he do well? What doesn't he do well? What do we need well, to see? Movement, his movement's fantastic and his shot selection is decent, but again, it's just having that continuity of work. No, right, right. Again, like you said, not no, being more structured with your plan. What are you going to do? There don't seem to be a game plan. It's just literally, I'm going to go there and do what I do. And it's always good enough. Listen, that's what some fighters do. Roy Jones was... was <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. like, he was like, yeah, really had a plan, didn't he? He just went in, did this, I'm so good, I'll just do what I do. And I'll just think... And, and you need to be you need to be reactive in boxing. The plan has to be loose. Of course, but you just have, have to have a plan about what you work, what the move, what the movements for. Movements for movement's sake is just a wasted energy, as you've already said. So you have to have a plan what you're doing. But also that movement he has is what he, he's thinking. I'm going to try. I'm just frustrating you all the time, confusing you. You're never quite sure where I am going to be, and hoping that you make a mistake. So, but I do think, yeah, but a bit more structured in his work. A pro- proper plan going forward would be would be better. I mean, game plan per fight. Mm. Mm. Rather than plan for his career for him, just the you know, fight management. Mm. I made uh, all that up. I'm <laughs> uh, okay, right. Moving on. Last fight that we're going to talk about from the Matchroom card this past weekend. Uh, a great win for Ray Ford. Um, we've spoke about him in here on on a, well not in here but on the on the podcast and numerous times. He's been matched well, Andy, and I feel like it's fair to say this was his his toughest test today against a former world champion, admittedly at super bantamweight in Jesse Magdaleno, but he passed the test with flying colours this past weekend. Yeah, I, I think it was a really good fight for him. Um, I remember first seeing him, I think he was, he came over and boxed in Nottingham on the undercard of Jordan Gill Enrique Tinoco. Yeah. And I spoke to him a bit that week and I remember being impressed and thinking that this guy is definitely... He's definitely one to watch, and if they wanted to bring him back over here, and and see if they could, you know, build some kind of fan base for him here, which is always difficult, I know, but that I'd be keen on that because you just, he was one of these guys where he just looked kind of like mature beyond his years. He definitely did seem to have a plan and, and look to know what he was, what he was about. So it hasn't really surprised me to see him, kind of just go through. Not quite the levels yet, but just just take these steps um, in pretty convincing fashion, and that was that was an ambitious fight for him, um, but correctly so, as it turned out, because you know again he just he, he looked he, he looked really good. He looked really good, and he looked. I mean, I don't want to kind of put it down to just natural size, but he did look the the much bigger man against Jesse Magdalena. I mentioned there's a, a super bantamweight, Ford, a featherweight, who's you know still very young in his career. So Barry has that elasticity; he can make the weight and then rehydrate. And he looked, to quote uh, a certain Carl Froch, too big, too strong for Jesse Magdaleno, but also showed plenty of wrinkles to his work. I mean, he's had, just looking through his, his uh, box rec now. He had that Aaron Perez fight, which was on the Chocolatito Estrada 2 undercard. That was a very close fight. Many people thought that he lost. That was a draw. He had a close fight with uh, Edward Vasquez a few fights ago as well. Another fight that could have gone either way. So he kind of blows hot and cold a little bit, Ray Ford, but I thought he was hot this weekend. Yeah, he was. I have fancy Magdalene do a job. I thought, this is a hard fight for him. Mm. And again, because he's been slightly underwhelming, Ford, I thought, yeah, Magdalene will put it on you. But size was a massive factor. 
But still, you still have to use that size to your advantage, and I think he did. The way he changed the distance constantly, Ford was was really impressive. I think that's. I think Magdaleno just couldn't just couldn't get nowhere near him. Struggled with everything. So it was a good performance, dominant performance actually, and and he needed that for his confidence. I mm. think because you know, as much as you're building yourself up, you're having close fights, and you you got to question yourself. Oh, I got oh, I got away I got away with that one, and we've all been there. Oh, got away with that one. Oof, I could have gone the other way, but you push on, and he's he's got over the line. But that was a big against a guy who's. Again, too small for any featherweight at world level, Magdaleno. But he's he's a world class fighter. You just be the genuine world class fighter to down a super bantamweight. If he got an opportunity to box for the world title, although he wouldn't win one because of who's in his weight, you wouldn't argue him up against anyone. I, even now. So yeah, it was, it was the win he needed. I think the name on his record he needed. But still, you want to see another big guy against him. Yeah, for Someone sure. Some of his natural his size and see if that if if what what he did in that fight he can replicate against a guy who's naturally big and he, he doesn't have the same advantages. I think he will. I think he'll grow from that fight, actually. I think he'll be a better fighter. I, thought, I was quite impressed. I, more than quite, I was really impressed. Good. Good fight. And he could have easily been overall by Magdaleno there. Magdaleno could have dragged him into a fight early, hurt him, and you know trying to be busy, which he was. And that would have made Ford a little bit untidy. And, he, and never. He kept his shape. He boxed well. He kept moving, judging, uh, rejudging the distance. And that, that made Magdaleno chase shadows. Yeah, even when he hurt Magdaleno, he had him over a couple of times. He didn't he didn't rush his work. He kind of like little parts of it and stuff that we spoke about with Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney. He doesn't really, you know, if he's got the fight in the bag and he's 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 got you, oh, he doesn't cause, always... Because he was the knock, one, the knock, one of the knockdowns, he won in the later rounds. Because um, the commentary said it was a body shot and I kept looking back. And on the, on the app, on his own app, it goes back 30 seconds. Yeah. I go, that was a headshot. It's an uppercut, wasn't it? Beautiful shot. And it was him on the chin. So I kept, re- I, what, what's the, what the fuck's he on about? <laughs> and I kept rewinding it, like, I'm, I must miss it. Like, am, I, am I missing it? I'm trying to see a different angle. And then he showed the replay, and he doubled down on it, the Sergio Mora, isn't it? He doubled down on it, yeah, that's the body shot. And I'm like, what's it? And I had to go back again. I go, I'm like, oh, imagine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How far away do you think Ray Ford is? I spoke to him just over a week ago, so before fight week had started, and he was talking about, look, I want to look good against Jesse Magdalena, then I want Mauricio Lara. That's what he said to me. I'm uh, not quite sure. I, I mean, when you're a neat and stylish boxer with lovely vision and, and movement and all that stuff, then you think you can mold box anyway. And when you see someone like Lara or Lopez, who are erratic, but not the most technically gifted fighters, let's be honest, then you think, oh, I dance rings around him. But what they have is, and well, Lopez is powerful, I mean, but this go Lara, natural power and toughness and a bit more guile than you give him credit for. Even though it's untidy, it still works for him. I, I don't, I think he's a way off that yet. Not massively, but I think he needs a couple. He needs a fight, he needs a Magdaleno of a bigger size. Yeah. If we have that, who is that? A featherweight. Kiko Martinez. Kiko Martinez boxed this past weekend. Yeah, mm. but again, I that was a fight that was being discussed for the yeah, for that yeah. card as well. Um, I think they were quite close with that, and then eventually it became um, Magdaleno. But yeah, I think some. Like, I mean, Kiko obviously lost the decision that weekend, but he won't be bothered by that. I mean, he's, I no. think he's got twelve losses now, and he's remember, still there. Remember, I said it was a couple of years ago, and I kept saying, just. Um, I'm just going to bet against Martinez forever now because you can't keep going to the well. 
I think he had about three good wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Become world champion. That. Yeah, like, yeah, been a world champion again. Become world and European champion since but then. But people were thinking that when he when he beat what was it when he beat Jonathan Romero? Yeah. People would yeah, think, people right, were saying yeah. that about him then. You know, and that's God. How long ago was that? It was on the Barker Gill undercard. Wow, was that that's ten years ago, yeah. pretty much. He's still still there, still game. Um, moving on, we're going to go to Newark for the return of Shakur Stevenson. Andy, going to come to you first. Shakur Stevenson. Um, I was going to say Shakur Stevenson doing Shakur Stevenson things, but it kind of wasn't really. It was Shakur Stevenson looking brilliant, but holding his feet a little bit more, not moving and, and staying in the pocket. And he really did a fantastic job this weekend um, in scoring the stoppage win over Yoshino. I was very, very impressed. How about you? He put on a show, didn't he? And in front of a home crowd too. They, they've taken him there a few times. And I always loved that. Build the guy in his in his backyard. Make that fortress. Um, make it somewhere that other people don't want to go. He was terrific. Uh, and Yoshino is a very solid fighter. Good fighter. And he played with him, really, to be honest with you. And some of the stuff he did, the little short left-hand knockdown, all of it, though, it was just... You couldn't really find any fault with it from, from beginning to end in, in every single way. If you're watching it in terms of a boxing performance, you just think that was, that was terrific, piece by piece. He just kind of took him apart. And then if you're looking at it from a business point of view, it was great as well because... Every time he fights, the platform gets bigger for him, even though you know that wasn't a world title fight and he has won world titles. Every time he fights, the you know, it just gathers more momentum, doesn't mm. it? And they've always been very confident top rank that they had someone very, very special. And, and he was probably the one fighter out of the Olympics or one of the ones that you would have wanted most because of just the way it worked out for him timing-wise, you know, did everything in the use and then slipstreamed into the seniors and, and at 19 wins a silver medal um, in a brilliant final against another brilliant fighter. And he's got a good story and you could build him and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they, they know how to do it and you know, the possibilities now for him are, are endless really because, you know, he's talking about Devin Haney. Um, obviously, we've, we've got to see what happens between Haney and Lomachenko, but... He's up at lightweight now, and that's where the really, really big fights are. Yeah, it, um, it seemed to me, Barry, the the perfect way to announce yourself to one of the hottest divisions in the sport. Do you know, what? I, I was watching it Sunday, all of it Sunday, loads of boxing, and then um, Sunday morning, I thought I got loads of things to say about that. I can't remember none of it, no. <laughs> but it, I remember the fights, but I can't remember what I was going to say. It was fantastic. He's um, he's as close to Floyd as since Floyd. I think, and I, I don't mean Floyd who was having to adjust because he's a, he was the smaller guy. I mean Floyd when he was a super feather, not lightweight. Lightweight was he was at his worst, but he's he just knows where he is all the time in the ring. He never he's never off balance. Never knows he, he knows exactly when to throw the shot, and he won't throw it until he knows when to. But he, but he also can, can create the opportunity to throw that shot. So like he thinks I'm going to throw a left hook, and it's not on. So you'll somehow force the opportunity to get it there for him, and yeah, and he, he didn't have to. No, I think he's a guy who can just who can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Won't take any silly risks because he's so good he doesn't need to. But just wore, he just wore him down like with, with fun. By the way, mm. that, there wasn't one moment that fight that wasn't fun for him. 
I would say that much. It was absolutely just he's he's a joy to watch the way he goes about his work. You you can see his brain working like you know you get a little like sadistic look in his face, haven't he? Yeah. Well. yeah, he enjoys it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he does. Absolutely, he does. One of the things that most impressed me with it was he just constantly kept turning Yoshino, just touch him, turn him, whether it was like with a tap with the lead hand, just and then he went round there and then he was hurting him. But also he goes up and down yeah, with yeah. the shots and he's never, no, you go there, he's not head hunting all the time, he whipped on the body and then when you think he's on, you're there and you cover it up, he whips through the middle and it just just all the time, just moving around you, you just can't pin him down, you can't even sort of commit to rushing him because you just know he's too, because his balance is so good. And he's not, and he's a nasty puncher. I think he's not a big hitter, but he's a nasty puncher. That's one of the the criticisms that's been of him at, at featherweight and super featherweight is just getting those. Doesn't necessarily need to be a you know a Julian Jackson one punch, no. but but having that spike, going for it, and getting rid of guys. But he's understanding himself now. He's understanding his body more. He's maturing. So he he stack now again. He won't throw the shot unless it's there. He won't sort of blindly go. I got to commit. I got to force an opportunity here, like a Floyd. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> I don't take silly risks but no he's not understanding his body he's understanding actually I can be a little more forceful because I am big I am more confident and uncomfortable in, in moving my weight and my power and my strength more importantly so he starts to know, understand his body a bit more as you do when you get older a little bit mature and I think now he's starting to punch a bit heavier because of that because he's not always thinking oh, make sure I'm safe and even then he could dominate a fight by just skipping around and making you miss if you wanted to he could have made that fight you know, just as easy without putting any weight in any shot. But I think he's doing the right thing at the right time. And he could have got the stoppage four rounds earlier, I think. I think he could have got a stoppage whenever he wanted to. That's what that's, I do. We're taking a risk. But he's not going to do that. Hmm. I think he's that good that he could stand his feet and have a war and still beat you because he'll make you miss. But he thinks, I'm not taking that. That's the risk that I don't need to take. But, but also on Saturday, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. But also on Saturday, I think there was definitely this 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 feeling for me watching it that you know he wanted to take his time he wanted to show people what he could do he, and it was kind of it was a bit cruel mm. and a bit kind of sadistic um, despite it's definitely there and that's that's something I think you do you do need to see he really he really enjoyed beating Yoshino up mm. on Saturday in front of a big crowd on ESPN and America Sky over here you know these are big audiences and and that that's what I meant about you know him just kind of delivering the goods for not just for himself and his own career but top rank and the business side of it and becoming more of a marquee attraction you know he he did play with him he did play with him in a in a quite a kind of a nasty way um getting someone out of there early if it's a spectacular knockout that looks great too but i just thought that kind of painful dissection was it was pretty impressive and, and, and it ended kind of when it needed to end. Yeah. I mean, you don't want it limping on at that yeah, point. Yeah, I thought it was a good stoppage. Yeah, it? I thought so, in, yeah. Rec in recent times, I think it seems like fights are kind of being stopped earlier and earlier and, and to, to much people's kind of outrage in, in some quarters. But that was a fight whereby, I mean, we've spoke about it on here before, where, there, I mean, it was an argument to say it wasn't competitive from the first bell, but by that point, there's no way he can win the fight. No, exactly, yeah. And that, that's always the key point, isn't it? You know, I know... You, you do you do always want to give give a fight to their pride. That's really really important. Um, that wasn't the worst stoppage of the night, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, in, in a different venue. But, but so. he he he'd had enough, um, and he would have kept going. Uh, and at that point, you know, somebody needs to do the right thing, and and that definitely was the right thing because it was. I didn't need to see any more. Put it that way. 
would have liked to. Shaka- probably Shaka- not I would say well, Shakur Stevenson. He's understanding the business part. I do think, that, and he understands he has to sell himself. But I think once that bell goes, he boxes for himself and only for himself. Mm. And that's where that's where the similarity with Floyd. I think once that mm. bell rang with Floyd, Floyd knew how to sell a fight fantastically better than anyone, as it turns out. Those bank balance would tell you that. But I mean, he would. Do you want to get your phone? He would. He would literally. Once the bell rang, it was for him, no yeah. one else. He didn't care what he wasn't boxing for his family or you know for the for the memory of his late grandfather. He used to put him on, took him on the pads when he was when he was only three. All these stories you hear people say stuff, which might be true. He like most boxers, set when your bell goes, you're selfish. But they, you can see it clearly. This is for me. I want I want to box this way. I can get him off early and take a risk, and it'll look better. And it might look better overall for you guys watching. <laughs> This is my this is yeah. my show. I'll do it how I want to do it, and you'll enjoy it, and, I, and you'll 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 appreciate it. And I'm not or you won't. You will appreciate it. I think he believes that. He believes his own greatness, and that is a sign of a potential of a great fighter that you believe your own greatness before you're great. Does he beat all of the rest of the lightweights? <sighs> no, with that build up, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might. I think he will. Yes. I, th- I think he's the future of the division. Him, there's him. There's few, actually, America's sort of fighting uh, back in it, to be yeah, honest. Really yeah. from, from particularly uh, around those there was, there was three on that night, actually. But but uh, I think, yes, I do. I think Haney will be the size issue, will, will struggle. Lomachenko will probably be now too small for him and old, probably, for the movement that he has. <sighs> Garcia and Davis, are they really lightweights anymore? Who knows? I don't know. But I think... He'll be a light welterweight, super lightweight, sorry. He'll be a super lightweight in, in another year if he doesn't get a big fight or if he has that big fight already. So then who does he fight then? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Fima Lopez will be around when jo- after Josh Taylor beats him. <laughs> or will Josh Taylor still be around? You know, Jack Cattrall and, and Progre, will they still be around? He might, he might be able to pick all those off. And then certainly, you know, Ryan Garcia and Javante and, and Davis who are young enough to be his rivals. I think that's that might that's the new rivalry, now them three. And it weird how things change. Maybe we had this mm. we got a new like fabulous four it was fabulous four, people call it four kings. It was fabulous four the video of of the four great fighters of, yeah, of that, the books for that era. Yeah, yeah, I don't read George books. Kimball. I don't read books. <laughs> but um it, so it was them. No, they and they, they had it, didn't they? But it was it Lomachenko, Haney, Davis and Garcia, now no, that no, Shakur Stevenson, is he the is he the wolf for Benitez who's just sneaked in? Yeah, there's 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 a hell of a lot of names in there, and you're going to ask the question to you that I've just asked to to Barry. Does Shakur Stevenson beat the lot? Is he the best at that that crop around one three five? I think sometimes in 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 these debates it can depend who you see most recently mm. and he was terrific on the weekend but then again Haney was really really good going to Australia and beating Cambotas convincingly both times um, if Davis I expect Davis to beat Garcia I, that that's what I expect to happen I think it'll be terrific I can't wait for it and if he does that then he does it in really good fashion the weight thing is is obviously a factor you know where, where's he going to end up going is he still a lightweight like like Barry said um, but then if you would come out of the back of that performance thinking oh no no he's the best uh, and that's what's great about these scenarios I think is that often it is who have you seen most recently um, Stevenson is there still seems to be so much more to come from him but 
it's just going to be fascinating to see what happens the first time he finds himself in a really hard fight. He's going to take some beating. Um, yeah, of course. Put, put it that way. I think um, for who, who, who by who? For me, I think the best chance that somebody's got of beating him is Javante Davis so do I. because he can punch. And if you can punch, I, I don't really see. I think Shakur Stevenson's better than Devin Haney. I think Shakur Stevenson would outbox Devin Haney. I think he'd be able to keep Lomachenko. One of the things I was most impressed with this past weekend, and it's one of the things that we're going to talk about with um, Haney Lomachenko, is you can't let Lomachenko come forward. You can't let him get up ahead of steam, build up ahead of steam and come forward. You have to hold the middle of the ring or you have to just stop him coming forward. We saw it this past weekend, Stevenson a little bit more, not even a little bit more, a lot more comfortable holding his feet in the middle of the ring and letting go of bigger shots, which we've not really seen from him at 126 and 130. So I think he beats Haney just by being better I think that's a, a tactical fight one that I'd really like to see I think he he holds the middle of the ring against Lomachenko I think he outboxes Garcia but it's just the power if you're going to beat him I feel like you're going to have to to chin him Barry yeah I think you got to be tall as well you, you, I think you got to punch over his southpaw lead so I think you, need, you have a long reach or tall I, I, I just think I'll oh, jump into a guy who's got great balance Southpaw stance. And when you're orthodox like Davis and you jump in against a guy with great vision and timing, I think it's hard. You've got to try and close that distance and get him really low, which I know he's short, Davis, but then you almost got to get in and move. you got to sort of get in and move all at the same time around him to try and square him up so you can work away. I don't know. You'd need to catch if you're going to hurt him. You've got to catch him clean. I don't know how, how that happens right now. We'll see it. He'll yeah, have a fight where where he doesn't look great. Like I wasn't sold on him when he turned pro. I thought he was good. I don't want to he was going to make it. I thought he looked too flimsy for me. But he's he's adapted so quickly that like he's as, he's a, a, as a complete fighter as you would find at the minute. Mm. I think. And as Andy says, it feels it looks as though he's just getting better. He's adding more strings to his bow every he time he comes himself, out. Yeah, he yeah, understands yeah. himself who he is now. He understands. That's what I mean. He, and he's boxing for himself. So once he gets in that ring, there's no there's no worry or or thought about oh I need to do this need to do that for other people you know or there's there's an onus here that I have to sell myself for the next fight he's, they they're backing him to be the next face of boxing so it doesn't matter what he does he just does it all solely for himself selfish selfish man cold but like in a, <laughs> but in a good no, way no yeah, in a good way yeah, yes in a, cold in, yes, and exactly withdraw, in the right withdraw way yes. from it. no yeah. that's it that's it I remember that that Deck made this point didn't he when he was in a few weeks ago Deck. Uh, Taylor and and it was the point that yeah there's a generation of fighters now and they're spearheaded by Stevenson and Haney with the way they've gone about their careers who are massively influenced by 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 Mayweather yeah. um, to a degree which they probably don't quite realise like they obviously they realise but and it is that attitude isn't it it's you know this isn't a kind of you know you work for me that, mm. that's what they're saying yeah. to the promoter isn't it you work for me not the other way around and that when you're young that is you, that takes some balls doesn't it yeah because you, you're still calling people Mr. Warren and Mr. Hearn over here yeah. when you're young I'm like, nothing wrong with that I'm not saying that but I mean they're like I know I need you now but I know that you know I will need you in a minute mm. yeah and then whether I keep you on yeah maybe maybe not yeah so exactly so but yeah so but either way he's, he's like he's a brilliant brilliant all round boxer and it seems to me as though I mean we're kind of 
it's become more seemingly more and more common purely with social media and everybody calling everybody out every 10 minutes but Stevenson, for me, I've always believed it. I've always believed that he wants the biggest, hardest fights. I mean, yeah. he took the Oscar Valdez fight after Valdez had looked good. Let's not forget um, that. He beat Oscar Valdez, by yeah, the way. And yeah. I'm stylistically, you got his made for him. But Valdez is a monster. Mm. Like, you know, it just, and, and you know, that wasn't a hard fight for him. No, no, he won the fight very clearly. And he's talked about wanting to fight Lomachenko for a long time. Um, but of course, we've got Haney Lomachenko coming uh, in May, which we'll talk about now. Before I do that, I'd like to give everybody, as I always do, go and watch that spa. Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson from the Mayweather gym. Um, I think it was before uh, Stevenson went to the Olympics and Haney was a very young pro. That's a very good watch. Obviously, completely different now, yeah, both yeah, different I've fighters. Never, never but seen, yeah. but it's definitely worth a watch. For me, some of the best boxing content on YouTube. But... Anyway, uh, going to kind of jump over before we come back and talk about Vasily Lomachenko versus Devin Haney, which is, of course, now official for May the 20th. Um, Andy, how do you see that fight going? Obviously, you know, big big fans of, I think everybody's fair to say, big fans of Lomachenko over the years, certainly from the amateurs um, and what he's done in the pros. Do you think Haney's getting him at the right time? Do you expect Haney to, to be victorious on May the 20th? I can't make my mind up about this one because I can't. When I look at it, I can never really work out whether my heart's rolling my head or whether I'm able to kind of be totally impartial about it. Because I, you know, I like Haney. I've spent a little bit of time with him actually over the last oh, three, four, three, three, four years. But I love Lomachenko. From the Sky commentator. But I love Lomachenko, and I can't, I can't really get that out of my head. So it's a diff I, I do find it difficult because I would. Full disclosure, I would like Lomachenko to win because I think what he's done for the sport has been absolutely immense. I think the way he kind of was not mentioned in that new breed of lightweights off the back of losing that Lopez, fight yeah. against Lopez, I thought was absurd. And people were just trying to kind of cancel him almost, to, to use a phrase from a pretty different kind of scenario most of the time. But they were, weren't they? And and he didn't have a rematch clause and that was kind of to his credit almost because everybody was having them although it was a mistake as it turned out and he's he's had to wait quite a long time because he might have won the rematch yeah he's had to wait quite a long time and I just kind of I just really hope he's got one more big one left in him because if Haney loses to Lomachenko he's not really gonna I'm not just gonna say it doesn't matter of course it'll matter to him but it's just you'll have lost it in a really big fight against a really good fighter. And if you're going to take really big fights, that's going to happen to you at some point. Um, so I'm backing Lomachenko, but I don't know whether I should be or not. I love that. Barry, going to come over to you for your unbiased yeah. take no, on no, this. I, no, I laugh because the wrestling, really, I feel the same way because I, like, I think, I think, Haney outboxes Lomachenko, but how can you outbox a genius? That's and I'm like, oh, I'm That's like, it, yeah. blowing my mind. How can you outbox a genius? And I, but I think he does. I think that the, I think I know it's not Cambosis is nowhere near the ability wise of a Lomachenko, but the way he controlled that second fight with his jab alone just showed the discipline that he'll need against Lomachenko. You just can't allow him in, can't allow him in at all. And I think Lomachenko's a featherweight still, who's only who's only moved up for opportunities because he's that good. He's too small for lightweight. And I think we saw that even though he, he beat Luke Campbell, we just I think you saw that that was the first time I saw in that fight where he won that fight and it was only one winner, but and it wasn't close really. 
but he, you could see the difficulty he was having with the size and it's been like that ever since and so I just think yeah and, and I think his age and all that has have a factor to play inactivity all these things that that inactivity for a long period like all, a lot of them had a lot of them have had with Covid but I mean for his age and how long he's been boxing for with certainly as an amateur I, I'm not quite sure and he's just too small he's so good though that almost the size you know disappears the size factor disappears against almost everyone because he's so but I think Haney if Haney was smaller <laughs> if this was if they, if they were a super feather or feather then I still think I can't see anyone who beats him except for Chico Stevenson <laughs> but um, yeah he, I, yeah but I, I do think Haney wins this one I probably want Lomachenko to win because he's been just a brilliant because he has nowhere else to go if he gets beat. I think, no, that, that, it, that's that's I think exactly exactly that. Cause, it, cause, that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. If he loses, because you could even just close his eyes to him, and he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they go Lomachenko, and they just oh, yeah, Anyway, I was talking about, and then people will change the subject massively. It's funny in in another world, in a world where Vladimir Putin doesn't invade Ukraine, he could potentially already have the belts. Who's due to fight George Cambosos? He'd signed. Yeah. He, he was ready to go, and then obviously had to. To stay in the Ukraine, Cambosos. Um, yeah, Cambosos. Uh, sorry, not an easy fight though. By the way, I mean, would have been, I think that would have been a really good fight, style fight. wise. Yeah. I mean, ability wise, you know, he 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 plays. He would be able to play with him, but Cambosos so tough, like massively tough, mm. and so committed that the size factor would come into play, the strength factor would come into play, and he so he would have success against Lomachenko, but Lomachenko would, would find a way against him. I think with Haney, he'll have success, and it'll be a good, it'll be a really good, intriguing fight. I don't think it'd be a bad, it's not going to be a bad storm, that's for sure, but it'd be an intriguing fight to watch, and one I'd love to go to, by the way. But uh, I think the jab's going to be a real struggle for him to get past, I really do. So with Haney, I feel like Haney is better than maybe I thought he was. Yeah. Certainly, I've been really impressed. I know we've spoke about it. Really impressed with how his, how he's taken everything in his stride. Went to Australia, no problem. Oh, my dad can't get in, no problem. Oh, ben Davison, no yeah, problem. I forgot about that. And he was he was oh, fine. He was, he was unruffled. Yeah. And then he, I, got, I got to beat him how many times? Twice? Both of them? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no worries. But I originally thought Haney would win the fight. I don't know whether I've overthought it, but the longer it's gone... I've definitely overthought it. <laughs> if you can't back Lomachenko up... There was no clue in that when you were talking about it. <laughs> I've overthought it so much that I've just ended up right back where I started. But I've got, so I've, I've gone from thinking Haney would win to now not being sure, which I think is obviously a sign of a good fight in general. But if you can't back Lomachenko up, it's going to be hard to beat him. And Haney, for all of his size and all of his skills... He does everything on the back foot. He doesn't really hold the middle of the ring. I know he did at times against Cambosos, but Cambosos is very one-dimensional. Doesn't have the bag of tricks. We've seen Jojo Diaz, southpaw, naturally smaller, backing Haney up, landing the left hand. We've seen in Lomachenko's career so far, he's lost two fights. Salido, okay, whatever, heavy, low blows, but still, yeah. he came forward, no Expe respect, push him back. All that. That was yeah. a factor, yeah. Lopez... Lopez was it all came together and it may have been that that, that was just his night where it all yeah. came together he was brilliant in that fight he held the middle of the ring he was ready to fight he was strong he was intimidating at 135 pounds Lomachenko had been out of the ring got hurt and kind of even then like as he was able to come forward he started close, to pick up the rounds close fight. Yeah, forget yeah, that. yeah really picked up the rounds and I just don't know if Haney can stop him coming forward and if you can't stop him coming forward you've got a big problem 
And that's what's been playing around in my head. Haney, again, look, we saw him in the rematch in particular on the scales against Cambosos. He looked very, very dry. He's I know nice. it's hard he's for everybody to make he's, the weight. He's a big super lightweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I know it's hard for everybody to make the weight, but just how bad he looked on the scales there, where however many more months, you mentioned the Luke Campbell fight. Luke Campbell said to me in the gym afterwards, he said, I've never been hurt to the body. He said, and he hurt me to the body so many times. It wasn't loading up. It was just the right shot at the right time. It was just short. Oof. Oh, I felt that. And then, oof, I felt that. Yeah, but then it, too, if I said it gets dropped with a body shot against someone else. Yeah, but at the time, <laughs> he'd never been hurt <laughs> by a body shot. Um, and again, you, you don't look at your Lomachenkos and your Usyks as particularly devastating. You know, they're not Julio Cesar Chavez, like left hook to the body merchant, but they're good body punchers. Yeah. And I just feel like if you can't stop him coming forward... You're going to have problems. And we, we did an interview with Alexander Vozdik, who, of course, part of the same Ukrainian uh, uh, Olympic team, trained with Anatoly Lomachenko, Papachenko. And he said that, because we'd all seen the Jermaine Ortiz fight with, with Lomachenko, and I think the general consensus was he wasn't the force as we've seen him in the past. Now, Vozdik said to me, he said, but they're very clever. I'm not going to do the accent. He said, they're very clever. Um, they had Jermaine Ortiz in for sparring for two camps before then. So he's seen it. He's seen the matrix, he's seen the angles, yeah. he's seen the round here and round there. And when he went into the ring on fight night, he was ready. He was prepared for what he was going to face. And Jermaine Ortiz is a good fighter. He's not Devin Haney, he's a good fighter. But you've had two camps where you've been his chief sparring partner. Then you've gone into the ring on the night. And you know what you're expecting. How do you get sparring? We just spoke to Shane McGuigan and Luke Campbell about it. Getting sparring for Lomachenko. How do you do it? What do you think of the rang me, but... <laughs> <laughs> So Haney's not going to have that. Lomachenko's still going to have the surprise factor. So that's kind of playing in my... But when I originally, when the fight was originally made and they got in the ring and Haney was there, so I thought, yeah, Haney wins. Haney, Haney unanimous decision. And then I started to think about it and think about it and overthink it and overthink yeah. it. And now I just don't know. I think, I think he might. I think he might do it. But also, what enters my mind when I think about it is... These reports of Lomachenko's demise could be greatly exaggerated. Yeah. And he's demise. had a long time to think about this. And if he still really wants it, and we've got no reason to think that he doesn't, then this is so big for him as well. That's the other thing in the context of his career. because At people, His whole career. Yeah, because this would be the exclamation point on an absolutely spectacular pro career if he can become undisputed at lightweight, which of the three he's operated at, as, as, as Barry said, is actually the one where he's weakest, weight for basically. Sure. If he can do that, then he will, without a doubt, for me, he already does go down as an all-time great yeah. amateur and pro, but there would be no argument on that score because there is still there are still plenty of people in pro boxing who don't really want supersonic amateurs to come out and do what, what he's done. They, they don't. I remember the kind of outpouring of glee from some quarters when he got beaten by Salido. Mm. And I remember watching one post-fight interview with him. I don't think it was in the ring, but Larry Merchant was even a bit kind of welcome to pro boxing kid mm. and all this kind of stuff. And you just think, yeah, the other guy's coming heavy and punched him in the dick quite yeah. a lot. So and that still, might have still some, a really close fight. And he's yeah, still yeah, really close. Yeah. But but there's, you know, I'm not, you know, he, he was one of a number. Um, I get that. I know what you're saying. But, but there are, aren't there? There are, there, are, there are plenty of people there. They don't really want it to happen. Um, and people talk about legacy a lot, but but for Lomachenko to just be a bulletproof, no argument, all-time great, which is what I think he is anyway, 
he does need to win. Lomachenko, like if you throw a good jab, like you, you got an access to work for, so you you throw a jab and you usually that's great for him. If, you, if you're a straight boxer, like 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 Kane is it actually, then that's great for him because then he got some, he got something to work out around. That's perfect. You can't beat him. But when you got shoulders this wide, and you can and you got good footwork and you can throw the jab, and you got a massive step back. Now Lomachenko closes distance as good as anybody, maybe better than anybody, and he closes distance to get around the target as good as anybody, maybe better than anybody. But there's such a lot, yeah. lot of ground to follow, and also you got this or whatever you got this shot to come off it, that, and I think the discipline that he, that Haney can show, and the size difference, I think that gives him just a massive advantage. I do. I, I, I think if he was a little bit weaker and shorter, I, I, I think he didn't have such a long wingspan. I think that would be better for, for Lomachenko but I think he, you know, the, the movements of, uh, the movements of Lomachenko as well as he steals the space and comes in they're intimidating things you know, they, they, everyone does it every, every great boxer has intimidation factor whether they're big punches or not and the golf, golf can obviously steals your space sh you know, with small steps but you know a small step gets from distance to hit you and hurt you and Lomachenko bigger steps and then he confuses you because you don't know where you are and, and they're shots you feel without them knocking you out but they're hurtful punches as, as Luke Campbell will, will attest but when you're smaller naturally smaller and it's been a factor I think and in case a guy who's naturally bigger bigger than the weight you're boxing at and you're smaller than the weight you're boxing at though he's been there for a while so he's filled out I think you'll struggle I think that, that you're not such an intimidating figure as brilliant as you are I think I think you it won't work. I don't think it just doesn't work as well. Mm. I think he's. I think it's still a great fight, and I wouldn't be shocked if he wins. I think it's that sort of fight. But I can't see how you cannot make Haney the favorite now. Mm. I think Haney rightfully the favorite. I guess with the with having that right hand. I mean, we we did the did the pod. Um, so when we did the pod where we said I don't see any way where Teofimo Lopez can win and then afterwards we went oh yeah he won um, I've, but, done that, I've done that a few times yeah we had a, we had <laughs> just a insert the fighters any fighter's a, name we had much. a really bad spell of like three and four uh, where we got it completely but you, wrong, when you're right? looking at fights logically though you, you only go with that I don't go yeah. the, oh I just got a I mean, feed I just got a feed no, no, that, that, you're right yeah. but uh, yeah. uh, that's, that's the beauty of it as well isn't yeah. it that you know every now and again when there's when there's a fight where there is a logical choice um, you'll get a number of people who will just pick the other it's person. It's the contrarian, yeah. They, yeah, the contrarian. Yeah. They will just pick the other person. And most of the time they'll be wrong, but you'll hear a lot from them when they're right. Yeah. You know, and that, a lot of people play that game. But you know, if you're going to look at things logically and rationally, then often there is a clear enough favourite. Yeah. And, and that's where you end up going a lot of the time. But it doesn't mean you're always going to be right. And it's... It would be terrible if if everybody, you know, if the logical choice was always the the one that won. I mean, what would we even be doing here? Sport would be bullshit, wouldn't it? No, no. one would watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's but always with the caveat as well. You say, well, it's going to be him early or him late or him on points or That's him. Why, that, 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 yeah, that, I, Fury Wilder one was just the best <laughs> yeah. one for that, wasn't it? And people get us for a prediction and they just go, yeah, Wilder by knockout or Fury on points. It's not really a prediction, is it? <laughs> it's, when is people, it? it's when people say this: he's trained really hard, or she they've trained really hard for this. And they really want it. Oh, well, in that case, then. That's, yeah. that's, that totally makes sense. The yeah. other guy, the other person, the woman, don't want it. can't be asked. Yeah. Yeah. cigarette. But I would say, though, that with, again, like I said, with Haney throwing those, like being predominantly a straight puncher, 
that always works well for Lomachenko. Yeah, and that's kind of where... It, but he doesn't have the same threat as the as Lopez had. Lopez had... He hurt him with a right hook yeah. in the second round to the top of the head. And like people can say the one about the download and the data. We all know Lomachenko takes a couple of rounds, see what he's working with, and then kind of goes to work. He got hit with that right hook in the second round. And I believe anyway that he thought, okay, shit. I didn't Just expect him that. back off, didn't Yeah, it? and then it took him a little bit longer to get into it. He had the inactivity yeah. as well, so it does take you a little bit longer... But it was ultimately predicated on the threat of the counter. And every time he yeah. came forward, Lopez fired every single time. And it all came together with him that night. It was Joey Gamash in the corner with his dad, kind of keeping his dad somewhat sedated, I guess, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, but it all, like, the, the commie fight and the, um, the Lomachenko fight is where it all happened for yeah. Lopez. And it just yeah. kind of, after that, he's talking about he's, he, where he had like, the big issues promotionally with top rank. And he ended up going on Triller and then Matchroom and then you know, the, he lost the belts. But for those two fights, he really fulfilled that promise. And I feel like the big part of that was just the predicate, uh, the, the threat. The threat of the of the power as was was what kind of kept Lomachenko at bay longer than was maybe necessary, or for, certainly from his point of view. And I just don't know if Haney has that. But and if you give up the middle of the ring to Lomachenko, you got a big problem. But Haney will throw a solid jab. That's what I'm saying, and 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 take a big step back. So okay, you say Lomachenko will just keep following Nick in his space, but Lomachenko will dip in and have a look. And, and again, you know, and see what comes back or whatever, and, and then you'll make that movement again, but then, then you'll go off it. But then when he gets caught with a jab or, or he makes him miss, whatever, he blocks it quite a lot, and he blocks as he steps in. You'll know he's, he's too far away to hit the target, so he knows he's got a double step. Mm. But then Haney can go bop, bop, and he always got this. And if he takes a, if he takes a bigger double step, the second step's a bigger, Haney throws that right hand and, and turns from... You know, uses all those long those, those massive shoulders and turns on the hips and solid shot then he hits him he stops him in the track then Lomachenko goes oh, I've got to find a different way in which this, if anyone can find a different way in it's him you'll find a different way in all, all, every time but I mean it's harder then he's got, to, he's got to take a risk and punch from too far out I think it's going to be very difficult for Lomachenko as difficult as it's been to close that distance with his feet by the, he, by the way he's the best at doing it in the sport mm. today, still doing that, but it's going to be really difficult, I think, with Haney. But again, because he's not intimidating, the size is going to be a massive factor. And yeah, I hope I'm wrong. Actually, I do. I do want Lamashanko to win. Not going against Haney. I think he's fantastic, but he could come again. Uh, yeah, but not even loses. that. Not even that. It's just like it's just Lamashanko's just been just magic to watch. Yeah. And the nights I spent with him back in the old box station days watching him and just like mm. drooling over him, this look at this, like this is just the best yeah. thing I've ever seen. I don't know what I'm watching. Watching you and Steve Bunch or he's boxing Chonal Artan Piria Pino with one hand. Um yeah. Just 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 a joy to watch. It's just you just go home like go in Oh, what was that like? That was yeah, just like yeah. poetry. I move on and move back. Barry gonna come to you first because you love him deeply uh the real big baby jared anderson against george arias george arias went in look unbeaten against what level you know make your own assumptions but i think he was brought in to give uh jared anderson some rounds and he did not <laughs> he's brilliant isn't he very he's good. good i tell you he's good that's your problem and he's and i think he's, he's moving faster than what i thought he'd move to be honest and yeah no one's gonna want to fight him he's six foot four small heavyweight <laughs> but the athleticism he has is fantastic the movement and the speed he has in his punches and he's not a massive one hit hit, hit wonder but the accuracy in his work the movement 
enjoys it as well. And, and uh, you see, that's what you see now with these with these little these new breeds. They're enjoying their work when they're in there. And I think there's been a gap where that wasn't always the case. And people, it was all business, business, business. But they're like they're they're thriving on on fights. That was an easy night for him. Like as easy like that that could have been another journeyman. Listen, it might turn out that that kid wasn't as, wasn't as good as his record suggests. Mm. But it was meant to be a test for him, and it was nothing but that. He's like, he's good, man. He's very good. The movement he has, the footwork as well. Again, we talk all of them, actually. Him, you no, know, obviously going to want Kishon Davis and and Stevenson. The movement with the feet, constantly adjusting the distance, is just brilliant. Just doesn't give anyone. It doesn't give you any hope of firing back when he when they throw punches because they go pop and they put weight behind and they just take a little step out or step to the side. And it's only a little step, but it's enough for you to, to to know you can hit them back. And then and then with him, then he's having to throw up because through the middle and and he's having to throw it short or long because he just knows his feet can get him out of trouble all the time. He, he by the end of the year, he's knocking on the door. Mm. I mean, massively knocking on the door. Andy, I was very impressed. I was very impressed with him. I thought uh, he beat Jermaine Franklin today. Yeah, I think he beats Jermaine Franklin and, well. and and Dillian White today. Yes, I think and, and all them Derek Jazora. No, but I mean all them guys who who, who bigger names are having as as just you no know, as, as, as as testing fights. The heavyweight gatekeeper really need is is the type of level that he needs next. It mm, needs it yeah. needs to be a. It's not going to be the easiest thing to do. No, because you again, how much am I getting paid to fight this unbeaten six foot four you're guy? You're going to have to really like he's five ten. Going to have to really pay the money because otherwise people just won't be interested in it. They got FA Jagba. They, that could be kind of a good fight that they put in with like yeah. two fringe guys. They're kind of sacrificing a Jagba when they think really. They're probably, but I think they're probably seen as limitations. Yeah. Now. I think they. I think. I think they would. Be the you know top top rank of the best. Yeah. I think when it comes to matching, when it comes to moving fighters and and they're ruthless to their enough. Ability level, they do it yeah, right they're, they're ruthless enough because you have to be that they'd be happy to say to a joke. But listen, like this is it almost. Oh, yeah. you know, slow, we'll man. put you in and let's slow. see what happens. But that that card on Saturday, I thought was just a massive success yeah, for, really for top rank, success. wasn't it? Because uh, Bruce Carrington on there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's Troy it. Isley. Yeah, exactly. I remember talking to to their guys um, at Wilder Fury 3 and at that point Stevenson's quite quite a long way on obviously but the two other guys they were really sold on were Kishon Davis and, and, and Anderson um, and correctly mm. because what a great showcase that was on the weekend for not just those three like you say but mainly those three and they're young and they're marketable and they've just got so much going for them as a trio but Anderson the problem is going to be who are you going to get to agree to fight him and you're going to have to get the checkbook out it's as, it's as simple as it's as simple as that I think they'll see him as like oh he's not the biggest hitter and all that and, and you tend to think I think he can hit but again he's not the massive one punch hitter and they'll think they tend to think in, especially in that division if you're not a big massive hitter then you can't take a punch or you might be vulnerable so if you can't hurt me I can walk through you so a Dillian White or a Jazora, I know I don't want to slam to the slaughter, but they're still fighting, and, and Jazora's still fighting, it's a lot of fight, and he still thinks he's ambitious and all the rest of it, so like, they'll think they'll be able to walk through him and, and, and make him feel it, I walk through his shots, which is a massive mistake, but those sort of fighters he bashes up. What about Takam? Yeah, I like that. Oh, Takam. 
I oh, mean, like that the, would be, you know, with that win over Yoka, yeah. you know, Yoka's not turned out to be what people were hoping he no, might be. Yoka you know, that's just how that's gone. But that was a that was a real good win. Yoka mm. can box. I always say that from an Olympic champion who won, a, who won it by moving. Yeah, I know. By it's, the way, it's, he, it's, can, um, he can box. It's, it's the, kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? He's lost way. all his confidence in throwing yeah. any punches. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen a, a massive just confidence crisis of a fighter mm. as him. But Takam's kind of, you know, he's, he's a confident guy. He's still in very good shape. Yeah, he, he's 5'11". But I think it's a dad. He, he went the distance with Arslanbek Makhmadov yeah, last year Yeah, that's what I mean. Well. I think it's... I think and I think he might do it against. It's a great. Anderson. I think it's a great. That's a good fight. Yeah, it's a good I, fight. I like that. And I think like, for me, from most impressive from uh, Jared Anderson this weekend, he boxed Jerry Forrest a couple of fights ago. Has it been in that type yeah, of yeah, mould yeah, of yeah. sort of fringe? Not, maybe not fringe. That's probably been a bit of a gatekeeper type box. Yule Zhang boxed Jermaine Franklin, among others. Um, and there was a couple of moments in that where Anderson had him hurt, and he just got a bit gung ho, and he got clipped with a couple of shots. And there were kind of bits that I was looking at. And thinking, okay, well, he probably needs to just yeah, develop and experience and stuff. And I felt against Arias, he, he sort of it became, you know, it became. He looked a little bit more settled. He's still a, a, aggressive yeah. and adventurous in his work, but when he had him hurt, he didn't, just, you know, just checking. Yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed to what he'd done against Forrest, so I feel like he's ready to go now. If you've done that, if he knocked out Jerry Forrest in two or three rounds or wherever it was, um, knocked out George Arias in three rounds. Somebody like a Carlos Takam, I think, is, is there. Or if, yeah, again, I mean, I understand why potentially they might want to put, might not want to put FAA Jabber in there, but we saw his limitations against um, Frank Sanchez. Yeah. And then we saw him against Stefan Shaw not set the world alight as well. And I mean, Stefan Shaw's kind of a you know, sort of B tier, maybe even being kind to him, heavyweight. He's not really done anything of note. So. You know, again, a potential way of putting Anderson over is getting him in there with a. And, and look, he, he can punch. Um, a jackbook can really punch with a right hand. You never yeah. know. You might have to take a right hand, which is another box that you can tick or not, as it may be the case. But I feel like Takam, a jackbook somewhere around there might be yeah. what might work. But there's, there's still fights he walks through. Uh, he beats Hergovic now, I think. He beats Zhang as well. Anderson. So to, you're only talking top five today. that he made. Yeah, I think so. Be. I think so. But again, this, that's it's like you don't want to put him against Hergovic or, or, or Zhang because but after then where does he go he has nowhere it? to yeah, go yeah, yeah. so he's only, he still wants to, do you want to make him the, the per, you want to have potentially on paper those tests that he might have to face you want to see him get caught or not have a bit of success possibly a little bit more than he has because that division of course you, if, you're, if you, all of a sudden you can't take a punch and expose once, once that happens there's no going back and, no, and that's you know, true. that door never Yoga. closes that's yeah, true well Yoga, the pro, Yoga just needs to go back there like he never boxed before and 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 learn how to throw a jab again. That's the, that's his issue. But I mean, I would put right now Anderson would beat Hergovic, who's number one in the IBF. Zhang, who's who's going to box Joe Joyce now, and then it will be mandatory for everybody else. <laughs> and yeah, I think I would. I think he beat him. But again, you don't want that test straight away. But if that happened, I got no problem with him. He, you know, I th again, then you have got the issue. Then does he beat? Like, I how does he fare with Anthony Joshua? This Joshua we're having right now, who again down is still, still in a little bit of a crisis. It's a, it's a hard night for Joshua. Really hard night. Yeah, because particularly with somebody like yeah. Anderson, you need to deter that youthful exuberance. I, I think, and I don't know, but I think Anderson can dance and move and move and move. So I say move again for 12 rounds. I think the fluency he has in his work, you're going to have to force him, like a, like a Joe Joyce force him to throw punches when he doesn't want to throw to tire him I think if, if he's just making him move he's not going to be enough 
because he'd be able to set himself to throw his shots and keep moving and he likes to move he has a natural rhythm to his to his work which means he'll move all day long and he can be aggressive so but if you make him throw and he doesn't want to throw that's when you can tire him out and that's when the, the gaps might appear right now with the inexperience so someone like a Joyce would be a nightmare for him though he could who he could stand on his head until he until he got knackered after nine rounds gets juggernauted yeah um, but, he, gonna... but he beats he beats his other two that I mentioned that beats Joyce opponent next no, of next week I think this week this week yes. sorry um, right, final one from Newark because we are extremely pressed for time. Uh, we did start late today. We're not going to point any fingers. we're not pointing any fingers. Fifteen minutes late, and no then the wait here for ten minutes before you got started. That's terrible. I mean, I, again, we don't know who it was who was. And late. I text, for, I text, can, you, can Simone get me a coffee? I meant someone. <laughs> I couldn't spell. <laughs> but anyway, Simone didn't get me a coffee, so thank you. Anyway. Uh, Keyshawn Davis uh, in a good step up Andy I felt this past weekend against somebody that we're all very familiar with on these shores on this side of the Atlantic uh, against Anthony Yigit of course decent amateur in his own right world title challenger European champion I thought Keyshawn Davis dealt with him in, in good fashion albeit he you know Yigit as I think we'd have all expected didn't go there and roll over and make it easy for him but ultimately he was just outclassed by a better fighter yeah, exactly that. And and the reason they were keen on him, Yigit, as an opponent, and they have been for a while, I think they've been trying to get that fight done for a while, was for all of those reasons, that they knew that he would take the fight. They knew that he would also be ambitious and feel like he could do something. In reality, the likelihood of that happening was not great, looking at it impartially, but Kishon Davis is just moving in the right direction and he has been from day one really he had that kind of strange interlude with the Olympics whereby because of Covid and the fact that his ranking was still high even though he turned over and Team USA would never allow that normally he was able to go back and, and, and box in Tokyo same with Duke Reagan you know that was an unexpected bonus but it hasn't really affected anything um, I did hear another name around him kind of earlier in the year when, when Top Rank were, were here for Baturbiev Yard and that was uh, Francesco Patera. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Again, similar sort of level. Yeah, European exactly. Level, yeah, uh, exactly. And naturally, you know, smaller. maybe they're looking to kind of, you know, pick off a few Europeans. Um, but like I said, he's another one who they've always been really convinced about. Uh, one of the ones they were most keen to to get. And you can see why. Can you, you can see. You can mm. see why. Yeah, you can. He's got so like we always talk about, or everybody always talks about, adapting from the amateurs into the professional game. Particularly, I know the amateurs is becoming more. It's of, still a massive difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he always looked like he had that sort of style, Barry, that would transfer well into the pros, yeah. and and so it has shown. He's been nasty, isn't he? A little bit of spite, I think, in his work. But the way the way he puts his punches together is really impressive. Uh, but again, pretty much like Anderson and and Stevenson on that night. It is the judgment of the distance that sets him apart from others. He, he, he balances great, knows where he is all the time. When you get trying to throw shots, he just like, sees it before you get throws it. It was so easy for him, it really was. He intended to think actually, you get doing all that crazy stuff. And and he goes for it, doesn't he? You, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, tell what that's yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the reasons we're to bring him in. But like he's going like that, what he's, his eyes like this, he's coming in, <laughs> coming in, blood, like come on, you can it. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was really good. Davis really good. It was the right fight for him. I think you know, that that level to show where he is. Like I, again, he's a fight. You don't hold him back now. Just mm. let him go. Let him go. 
I think one of the things that's most pleasing for me to watch watching Keyshawn Davis is he, he always you always say it, he always has time sign of a good fighter but he has that switch where he can go yeah. through the gears if he gets you hurt he can go yeah. through the gears yeah. and, and put you away um, which is obviously three nice to so see three fighters here I, I, I sort of made this up today actually I said but they do fight for themselves solely solely for themselves and you can see how much they enjoy it hurting people or beating them up like Sarah Stevenson you know, taking you apart piece by piece when he could maybe get it done earlier that's not good enough you want to do it my way but you can see the, the joy it, they're not smiling but you can see the joy in, in their eyes when they're working and and it's a, it's a pleasure to watch because you want to see that from your from the from your fighters who are going to be top level which they all are they don't know obviously Stevenson's already world champion twice over but Kishon Davis it's the only reason he's not going to win a world title anytime soon is because he's in a weight division where it's really difficult right now you might have to wait a little bit it's going to be interesting when he gets up there isn't it I mean, him and Stevenson like well publicised very good friends known each other for a oh, long time like that with them two straight you would away. think they so wouldn't yeah. give a shit. they wouldn't give a shit again because they have that in them to just all of a sudden go you're an old friend of mine mm. you see Stevenson just go in Kishon go oh good luck and he go mm. We're no longer friends. We're rivals now, mate. And I think it's. I think Davis would be the same. Mm. So it's, oh, it's it's great, man. It's yeah. a great, great, From great, great day to be an American. <laughs> but you're you're right. You're, that, that's absolutely spot on because I, I love that attitude. I love the attitude that they've all got, and we're we're seeing more of it with with our own fighters this this side of the Atlantic in in recent years. Where I like fighters who take not just an interest because you definitely take an interest but look to try and take some control over their own career because why shouldn't you but I think you've been discouraged from doing that I think mm. traditionally yeah we've never, you know, never had control but I think uh, yeah as much as you ever can have in this business but I think traditionally a lot of the time an attitude that promoters have liked to encourage would be one where a fighter sits on the ring apron and says well you know it's up to my team I do what they say and you know they do this and they do that I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of that. We I, spoke I want, about it, didn't yeah, we? With, we've the, with the heavyweights recently. Yeah, yeah. I, you want to see someone say, you know, no, I'm in, I'm in this, I'm involved in this. I, I, I have a say in in every decision that yeah. gets made, and they've got a name in their mouth or two or three ready to go yeah, you want during that. fight week. You want that if they're making the, the the decisions and choices that we like. There's there's a few fighters who don't make true. decisions that that's we true. like. So I think there's, you're going to have too much control as well. By the way, I think that's an issue. We've you need to that. listen to the right people as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, we've that's seen that over things, you know, not quite boxing related. That that, that people like, you know boxers having too much control. No boxers deciding who's on the undercard, and you no know, like Dillian White with the pay per views, for instance, and they have the control of the undercard and things like. I'm not digging Dillian White dogs, but you no know, big yeah. names or or yeah. Fury people like that. They decide who's. Yeah, it's got to be a balance. No, that that's, it's go gets crazy. Some of it, I, I just think that. But but it's, but also you don't want it like it was back in my day. We just got you're fighting him next week, or you don't fight at all. It yeah. was a little bit like it wasn't quite like that. But it was a little bit like that. No, you you can fight him. Okay, I'm not fighting him. Okay, no problem. Who am I fighting instead? Oh no one, you're not fighting now. When am I fighting next? Well, we'll you know bring us back next month. Yeah, kind you of. Know, and any yeah. power can be used correctly, and it can be abused, can't it? And yeah. that 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 that's that's a good example of it. Where that's what I said. Sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes some fighters need to be made to take better yeah. opponents. But they're, they're and from other the times, same club, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you can yeah. get fed to the wolves, can't you? And and it's not really right. Yeah. Well, the point you got with the, the, the biggest problem. With, that was the biggest problem with boxing. There's loads of problems. With <laughs> I was going to say, it's not open the biggest problem with boxing is no. I mean, but fighters getting overpaid for matches that are not worthy of that money 
as you always fight to get a load of money, but then when big fights are being made, then everyone wants too much. It distorts yeah. the market. Yeah, yeah. Tennis Crawford's is a fun example of his last fight, yeah. for instance. Keyshawn Davis, a lightweight from Norfolk, Virginia. Can anybody else name a lightweight from Norfolk, Virginia? I can remember. I can name a lightweight from Norfolk. Not Virginia. No. The <laughs> Walsh. Anybody? I think I did see this on Twitter the other Lightweight day, from Norfolk, remember. Virginia. Was that Pernell Whitaker? Certainly. <laughs> a certain Pernell Whitaker. Um, so yeah, he'll have to go some to, to become the greatest lightweight from Norfolk, Virginia. But it's going to be a um, it's going to be an interesting ride. And I do feel like Keyshawn Davis and Shakur Stevenson, they're both cut from that same cloth. They'll, if that fight makes sense from a, from a sporting perspective, let alone just a mm. business perspective, because that's what you hear, don't you? Well, if the business makes sense. But I, I think they're both of the similar ilk whereby if somebody says, oh, I think he can beat you, they go, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll fight. See, then. We'll fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's a good one to build in. Like we all love a, you know, we were friends and we were brothers, and now we hate each other. They, you know, they probably won't. They're, they're they probably the best build ups. They probably won't even be the same weight in 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 a year's time. Potentially not. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got Kishon Davis just starting there, and um, Stevenson has moved into. It. I do think Stevenson might stay at lightweight for a little yeah. bit. Well, you want to pick up? I, you want to pick everyone up? I just don't see. I mean, he's gone through the weights fairly quickly in a very short space of time, and there's the big fights are there. Well, when you look at Stevenson, you think, "Oh, did he make featherweight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. or super featherweight? Yeah, yeah. You do. or did he make lightweight?" Okay, right. Moving on to our final show to do, to review from this past weekend. Um, another upset, and this time in the 154 pound division, Sebastian Fundora, the towering inferno. He was towering until he wasn't, Andy. And all of a sudden, Brian Mendoza, as he has done in his previous fight against Jason Rosario, pulls out the the shocking knockout victory against somebody in Sebastian Fundora, who was kind of being anointed as the next one at 154 pounds. He had that great run of fights, beat Sergio Garcia. He, um, he beat Erickson Lubin. You know, Fundora was kind of on the cusp, and then he was knocked out in brutal, brutal fashion. He was, and it's one of those ones where you watch it. It is, it is, it is sort of shocking when you've got, you've got that split second where the arms just drop, and someone is standing literally just stock still with their feet close together, and you just think, "Oh no!" Because the referee hasn't got time to get in, uh, and there was no hesitation, and and it was, it was comprehensive to say the least. With Fundora, I'm not going to say that I saw something like that coming for him because it's just a really easy thing to say after the event. But I think there were maybe signs there that he wasn't quite what people were making him out to be. I think that's I think that's fair. And, and the opponent he had was dangerous. You know, he's shown us that in the past. So I don't I don't feel like it was. An enormous surprise. I didn't. I didn't expect it, but I don't feel like it was an enormous surprise. And it'll just be really interesting to see how he reacts to it. Barry was it an enormous surprise to Andy. How about yourself? Well, he wasn't. He was winning a fight and you know not getting beat up. So you get caught with a good shot. That's what happens. I think when you're so big like that, you're a big target. That's the thing. So once you get, once you got hurt, and also when you when you don't react when you get hurt. Well, to be honest, I think everyone reacts the same way with that. With that first shot, but the second shot was nasty. Yeah, like what'd you do that for? <laughs> One of those, yeah. did you do that? Mate, did you? Like, well, you'd, you'd had the, those were going. I we did. Men- we mentioned the Lubin fight, which was, I mean, it's high up there on a lot of yeah. people's fight of the years from last year. And he got hurt in that, and he took a knee, which was I mean, at the time you're thinking, okay, that's yeah, you know, great self awareness. Yeah. yeah, for for a young fighter, that's a sort of you know 
Uh, he got kicked out there. Didn't he? But like, that was a different shot. It was a beautiful, because yeah. it didn't travel very far. No. It was, he touched with a jab and then it just kind of, put, before he pulled it back, he just turned over the hook and then that was it. And it was the perfect impact. And uh, and it's easy to say, oh, you know what to do with it. You just got to get inside. But everyone knew that in the first place. It's, you, know, getting, he, you don't have to get inside because he, yeah. he comes, comes he, after, he does it yeah. for you, doesn't he? He doesn't box long. But it's still, you know, it's still hard to get around him, but you know, as well. It's, uh, I, you know, I think he's always going to be no, thing with something like that when you're so big like that when you do get caught it looks massive no, it's, you, no there's no hiding place for you you can almost hold on even though you've got those long legs you can't hold on because you're literally like a bean pole obviously it looks yeah. massive cause it's, also his legs are like sticks in there all of a sudden yeah. so, so it looks worse it, it, it does it looks terrible doesn't it he looks so vulnerable in mm. that moment like he's just standing there like a scarecrow almost just waiting for someone to come and run him over and that's that's, that's what happened exactly what Brian Mendoza did and it'd be worse if he was getting battered he was winning the fight. Exactly. He was on the verge of yeah. stopping him. He so was, you know, if he's getting battered all of a sudden, then and and then that you go hang on a minute, maybe in the fight that uh, we thought he might be. And I, and he always thought that. Listen, he's always going to be the way he fights. Now, now giving away, giving away the reach sometimes coming forward, you might be open to something that you get higher up the levels. But he got caught, and, and I think it's still he's still a prospect, and you can still work with him, and he still go far. But you no know, people have seen him get knocked out. People would be more committed. You'll see that because people know. People think they can hurt somebody once they know they can hurt them. But again, he's been hurt before, but he's acting the right way. But I think now you've seen that, that will open the door. And how his confidence yeah, is after that's, that's the biggest that's thing. The key, how his confidence is after that. Will he to be as committed with his attacks? You can't think. If, 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 when, you're, when you're an aggressive fighter, which I never was, so I'm talking on my back end, but like, you can't second guess. Just go back to this, so this Joshua's issue. You can't second guess your attacks. You either commit to it or you don't do it. You don't do half to it. I had to be. I had to be. I go back to one, my one fight. I got beat. I go back to Freitas. I knocked him down, and I was. My whole plan was to stay safe in the early rounds, just try and nick a few and stay safe. And then when he tires, I go on. That's my plan. It didn't work. But I mean, once I dropped him, I commit or I stick to my plan. What you don't do is what I did, and what a lot of people in do. In between, mm. and you just do nothing. And that's that's and that's the worry. Will he will he be like that? I'm, I'm an aggressive fighter. I want to be aggressive again, but do I commit? And then you second guess yourself. There's too many thoughts in your brain, and you you half commit, and then it happens again. And all of a sudden, you go, "Oh, I can't take a punch anymore." You're telling yourself that, maybe. Yeah, and it's interesting because what where he gets his success. I mean, we talk about kind of giving up his size, but because of the leverage he's able to get on those uppercuts. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, they're beautiful shots. They're painful shots. You can tell they they always elicit a response. But if he's you know, I don't think he's good enough to box behind the jab or, or kind of completely no, no. reinvent his style. We, we, might, we might have to. I think if he gets a bit more, he'll get more. I think he can. He got needs to whip that jab rather than pushing it. I think he, like, um, like a Tommy Hearns, who will whip the jab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think that he might just he might just rub that off. I was winning a fight. I was dominating. I was on the way to stopping him. I just got caught. Would that be a mistake in your opinion? No, I think no. It's it's, it's not a mistake because you have to, like boxers said biggest liars in the yeah. You have to lie to yourself and, and say that that was just a, one thing that will never happen to I me again. I think if he's able to do that, I think that'd be great. It's mm. a positive, I think. But you yeah. still also have to his team have to go. It's still people training camp, or it's training, you know, it's coach, whatever you want to call them. They have to go. We have to make you know certain that that don't happen by mm. doing this, this, and that. Because we spoke, didn't we, Andy, before we got going? He boxed George Cota a few years back. And I remember thinking at the time, like, someone's going to lay Fundora out at some point. I think I might have even tweeted at some point, like, one day he's going to he's gonna go, and when he goes, it's going to be... Yeah, because he's got, like we've been saying, he's, yeah. got, he's got that long... He, he is tall, and he is kind of... He, 
which gives you that, rightly or wrongly, that kind of vulnerable look. And he does like it at that distance whereby you did feel like somebody was probably going to catch him. But but he was winning. I mean, there's 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 no there's no yeah, absolutely no question about that. But and well, I just if confidence now is that that is the most important thing. Like they 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 will want to work on things, and you'll try and tighten things up and make sure that it doesn't well it becomes less likely to happen again. But were he able just to kind of almost glibly shrug it off, it might sound dangerous, but that would be the best thing because the alternative to that. Is him now just overthinking everything? Yeah, and completely and just never being the same again. And we've seen we've seen success. that happen. And you don't, and you don't know how they're going. And you don't know how everyone acts in in a different way. You don't. You just yeah, don't know. So exactly, his next fight will be interesting. It's really interesting. And he's been matched well. I mean, just running through running well. through his um his record now. Jamonte Clark. That was a close fight. That was a draw. Nathaniel Gallimore, which is you know a fringe guy around around about the level. Cota, who we've mentioned. Sergio Garcia. We know how good he is. He was yeah. unbeaten at the time. Erickson Lubin. Carlos Ocampo. Apart from that one round blowout against Errol Spence down at welterweight, has you know shown himself to be a good fighter. So yeah, just as simple as him as him getting caught by a, a good fighter as well in Brian Mendoza, of course, got uh, Ishmael Salas in the in the corner now, and he's he's having like a don't want to say kind of a revival because he was never mm. never kind of that, but he was he, he certainly wasn't where he is now, which is on the back of two stoppage wins over well one former unified champion in Jason Rosario and a really really highly thought after yeah. prospect in um, Sebastian Fandora. Yeah, I'd just be fascinated to see what happens in his next fight now, and, and maybe somebody like that can. He's in a shop window, an, an, an ex- all of a sudden. An experienced trainer can kind of really help you with that um, as much as anyone ever, as much as anyone ever can. Um, like we talked about it a lot with with, with, with AJ, but it, it it is it is just one of my favourite subjects because it's just so reacting to a defeat particularly one that comes like that it's it just it can just go one or two ways you some people can shrug it off and just say well this is boxing it happens but then it, 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 the flip side to that coin is this is boxing that that can happen yeah you need to make sure it and, and again. you're just yeah you're fucked then yeah. if that's if that's it, you are yeah. on you though it's but, brutal Barry going to come to you as the uh, resident ex-fighter uh, what did you make of the, the end to the fight I the stoppage you, I, know, I don't know what you said there Okay, the resident, what, the resident ex world champion. That's right. WO. Okay. Anyway, come on, um, come on in, YouTuber. <laughs> um, what did you make to the end of the fight? One or two people, uh, not necessarily me, but kind of gauging public perception, as I, I suppose. Um, do you think he maybe could have got up? Do you think he maybe Ooh. could have Fundora? Oh, you told that that's the way he went down. I don't know. It looks like again, not me, but he picks up the count about four or five and kind of gives the ref a look. Stops around seven eight. I I just think because the the way the first the first shot's bad enough, the yeah, second yeah, yeah. shot's a killer, and it's a bad choice of words. But oh, I I had no problem with it at all. No, nah, I mean, maybe think, he could have yeah. gone on, but like, you know, everyone could go on, and most people can go on, like but. Like we're not in the forties and fifties anymore. Mm. Like I just don't know. We, I just you, you save yeah. it for another day. And I know, I know, winning's everything to you as a fighter, and it is. But nah, what do people want? Like what do people? I think, I think, I think it was a conversation I had with you not that long ago, where you were just explaining to me that when someone gets knocked down and they get back up, just because they get the fact that they get up at four, it was Lee Wood, I think. Yeah, is yeah. kind of. Like if they got up at seven and they've kind of waited and then got up, 
that shows that they've got their wits about them. If they kind of bounce back up, that doesn't show that they have. And even if you look at the referee... Because it's just autopilot. It's in you. Yeah. Like, I've got to get up. I've got to get up. And even if you look at the ref, you're kind of... You're there, but you but you might not be there. Mm. Um, and I know we've seen some great things over the years. You know, that you know, fight has been all over the place. The referee's continued and he's all of a sudden he's gone on to win a fight. Corral, oh, it's been amazing. You know, even Graham Hill and, and Michael Cassidy, I know he didn't win the fight in the end, but I mean, they, you know, they threw a towel in, it threw it, but the referee, Mickey Van threw it back out and then he drops Cassidy's and then all of a sudden he, oh, he heard him in the end. So he oh, dropped him, didn't he? Yeah. And then he gets stopped in the end, but I mean, you know, the, the towel being thrown in was the right decision yeah. and, the referee, and the referee should have stopped the fight because like, even though he dropped him, he, took, he had to take loads of more punches, but it was, it was a great drama, and so I understand that, but still, anyone who falls back like that, right? Mm. <laughs> because he's so big as well, the, the way that he went down. His legs didn't even, bend. He didn't sort of no, fall. Yeah, yeah. He, just, yeah, yeah, he went straight back. Like yeah, that, it was yeah. a real timber moment. Yeah, full disclosure, I, I was fine with the stoppage, but you I have to seem kind like of, it is. You, you I have to ask the questions, the hard-hitting questions that people want to know the answers to. That was a dig at me, hard-hitting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all we've got time for with regards to our review. We're going to do a little bit on Joe Joyce, but we're going to do it in another episode just to let Jordan know. Um, but, you know, we have to try and uh, make up for some lost time. There we go. Anyway, uh, from me, Rob Tebber, and from our esteemed panel of guests, Mr. Barry Jones and Mr. Andy Clark, thanks very much for stopping by for our review podcast, and we look forward to catching up with you soon.